Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. This is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading, and I'm joined on this podcast by my colleague, Kelsey Zeiser. And our guest today is Kevin Brown. He's the managing director of BT Security. We will talk about Kevin's career from cop to cybersecurity expert. We'll discuss remote working, the risks, the changes, and the advantages for service providers. We'll also talk about something called the human firewall. It's not a superhero, I checked. That's all coming up right after this. This podcast is sponsored by Comcast Technology Solutions. Backed by Comcast's 20 plus years in the broadcast and streaming industries, Comcast Technology Solutions provides the technology stack and expert guidance that allows tier one media companies worldwide to manage their content from post-production through delivery. Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading. My colleague joining me today is Kelsey Zeiser. Hello, Kelsey. Hello, Phil. How's things? Good. Kelsey, we have a guest. This is good. Wait, what? Because, yeah, I know. It's great. Um, (laughs) It's kind of the format of the podcast, but I like that you act surprised. That's fun. Um, so today we're talking. I like with, to do uh, that when people say we're in a pandemic. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what have you heard? <laughs> no, I always dress this way. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's, yeah. The surprise is a good. It, it's, it's, it's hard to be surprised these days. So this yeah. is, uh, this is good. Um, we'll keep that sense of wonderment alive as we're talking to uh, our guest today, uh, Kevin Brown. He's the managing director of BT Security, joining us from uh, thereabouts, London. We'll just, we'll just say generically London because I'm not sure exactly where he's at. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Good. Uh, well, good. Good morning. Good afternoon. Nice to meet you both, uh, Phil and uh, Kelsey. Yeah, thanks for uh, joining us today. And um, yeah, we want to talk about um, you know the the theme of the podcast today is is obviously you know it's something that we've that's come up in a bunch of different uh, discussions with us. Uh, it's been you know remote working and cybersecurity and sort of how the world is uh, how the world's changing and how both service providers and enterprises can kind of uh, cope with and how they're adapting to that. Um, first, uh, you know, to, to, uh, get a bit more data on you, um, how long have you been working in the security space, be it in the IT or the telecom space? Well, I've got, I've got a career with uh, British Telecom now. It comes back, comes, uh, time's moving fast. I've been with BT, uh, eight years now, but before that I was 20 years in law enforcement. So you could argue sort of for the last 28 okay. years, I've been involved in security and intelligence in some form. And actually, okay. uh, when we look at sort of my role in cyber now, um, cyber is just is the evolution and and leveraging the technology of fraud. So um, it's been it's been very helpful for me to have quite a strong background in sort of crime intelligence and how that now transitions into uh, cyber security. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's very interesting times. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. So so cybersecurity is just kind of automating what you were studying anyway, right? Um, yeah, um, and I think in many ways, when you look back, uh, and I look back over sort of the last eight to ten years, and say, well, mm-hmm. how how has how has this sort of word that has become so well known now, sort of cybercrime, evolved? And uh, I think the, the positive in, and hopefully, sort of you guys would have seen this as well, is it's come from something that was perhaps a jargon-filled. Uh, IT sort of uh, word to something that people really understand now. People associate 
And certainly we've done a, a, a number of surveys of our, our consumer customers and our multinational customers. And now close to sort of 80% of our customer base now truly understand it, but are actually worried enough to be doing something about it, whether it's in their house, whether it's something in their personal domain, but they're doing stuff about it, which I think is, is really positive. So I think when you look, look back at that last decade, it's, there's been a massive step forward and a massive realization now that this is probably here to stay for some time. So in addition to uh, your customers having a better understanding of cybersecurity, um, what are some other ways in which you've seen the cybersecurity field evolve and change? Um, how have the threats evolved as well? Well, I think the, the the threats continue to evolve, and and as we we often talk about sort of automation, and within a sort of a cyber defence or cyber operations, you look at how can we automate. At the same time, uh, criminals out there have been investing the same amounts, if not more, in how do they automate? How do they become more sophisticated? Because ultimately, mm-hmm. how do they increase the volume? Because as we know. We have to defend our organizations and our, indeed our personal lives. We all aim for that 100% of protection. The criminals only need 1%. They only need one mistake. They only need one access. And that means that actually they're able to feed off that for potentially some time. So therefore, volume and sophistication, sophistication from the criminals has increased, but it's more about the volume game now that everybody is dealing with. But I also think, though, Kelsey, it's if you flip from the side, the side of the the, the, the CISOs and the, the chief security officers, I think that role has changed considerably. And certainly I've seen that in, in my time in BT in the last eight years in that it's gone from a traditional security. And, and sadly, there was some labeling that was almost like the guard dog mentality. The answer was no, what's the question? Whereas I think there's been this fantastic <laughs> transition that's gone from a guard dog to now a guide dog. And certainly my role mm-hmm. in PT is I, I very much see myself, I'm a business leader, I'm a business enabler. So how do I enable the business strategy? How do I get a better understanding of what is it we want to do with the business and how does security support that? And I've some fantastic examples around the world now where organizations have shifted to that, where security is not the one where everyone tries to avoid because the policies don't let it happen. They try and sort of have shadow IT to avoid it really getting on board and recognizing the the great role that security has to play. Okay. So it sounds like you're kind of go, like, you know, still of course being on the defensive and, and preventing those threats, but also going on the offensive a little bit and being proactive um, in your approach to cybersecurity. Yeah. And I think the, uh, the proactive one, and we, we also look at uh, what's changed I think there was a recognition, and certainly I've personally been involved with a number of initiatives with World Economic Forum, as well as, for example, in the UK, the National Cyber Security Centre, where it's a case of, do you know what? We, we've got a strong family when we collaborate, when businesses come together with governments, actually we've got a fantastic set of capabilities where you take the fight back to the cyber criminals. It's not about just being there ready for an alert or ready to see a ticket that's raised to say something's happened. Is how can you be proactive? How can you use the strength of many organizations to see trends? How do you look at then perhaps even dismantling some of those criminal organizations uh, that will be, be out there? So I think a big change is actually taking the fight back and raising the, the sort of the bar to entry of cyber criminals 
to that next level. So actually, there's a lot more risk attached with trying to commit cybercrime in, in any country. And I think that's where the collaboration, more than just talking about it, but actually doing stuff really drives. And certainly um, the success we've had in the UK and our collaboration with the National Cyber Security Centre is we're now uh, sort of actively blocking over 100 million malicious communications attempts per month. Now that wouldn't have happened without collaboration and without a real sort of proactive approach to uh, making the internet a safer place. That's uh, that's a lot of uh, incoming threats. That, that would be, I think that would be alarming to most people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but that, if I think that, that just goes to highlight sort of the, the, the scale and the volume game that uh, cyber yeah. criminals are, are now trying to impose upon countries and organizations. Yeah, that's a, that, that's kind of the, like you were saying, it's, it's almost like a, an evolving math problem, you know, the, the, as automation continues, you know, the, the amount and the volume of threat threats can multiply quickly. And, you know, when companies are looking to secure remote workers, they're obviously changing the math problem on their side too, because everything's less centralized and spread out. So when you're looking at that um, landscape, how are um, you know companies and service providers? What risk are they seeing as people are um, you know less centralized now than they were just a few months ago? Yeah, I think it's it's a, a, a fantastic topic, Phil, and, a, a, and one to really sort of look at and uh, look you go back pre-covid and um, go back sort of six eight months uh, everybody was well majority of all, most organizations were on some sort of cloud journey which meant that their traditional traditional perimeter had evolved and we often refer to sort of the the new edge as being sort of the branch office but actually what covid has meant is the the new edge of your network it could be your front living room it could be someone's bedroom <laughs> be the home office it could be the kitchen it could be the garden and therefore all of a sudden you've you've lost any chance of having a perimeter because it the priority of most organizations during the pandemic has been actually we want resilience we want our business to be able to function and therefore we are going to have to add a little bit more risk in a business we need to make sure that people can function from home um, even if it means that um, that it might, we might not be afforded the protection that we had when they were working in the branch office or, or working within uh, a more secure environment of an office. Um, so therefore, that, that does present that challenge that you've now got your workforce spread all over. But more importantly, um, how they're connecting to your, uh, to your work network as well comes under uh, a sort of question and scrutiny as well. So. I think the game has fundamentally changed um, du during the pandemic. And, and now we're at this stage, and, and I see it in sort of three phases. We had the react phase where that was all about, we wanna keep our business going. We need to keep make sure people are online. So the reaction was, how do we make sure we get people online? What are the activities mm -hmm. that we need to do to make sure that people can still access their applications? So that was that react. I think we're in this reassess now where, um, organizations recognize that they have to sustain a level of remote working for some time until we understand what the new norm is going to be like and then working towards okay how do you now reset your security strategy based upon what your business strategy is going to be and i think that we're at that sort of that edge between the sort of the reassess and what we're going to do long term at the moment so are your companies still, you know, as they're addressing these risks, are they still sort of in the in the 
in the evaluate evaluation phase of this, you know, kind of deciding how they, how they maybe change the way they do things or, um, or a lot of them just, uh, just putting off the decision until we know what quote unquote, the new normal is. Yeah. I, I think, um, it's, as, as we know, the uh, the pandemic has impacted different verticals in different ways. So I think those that have they trade with strong online platforms, not reliant upon perhaps traveling, then um, I think they can give a little bit more certainty to their business. Um, and certainly in the finance sector, we know there is a little bit more certainty where actually the way in which uh, people use banks, for example, is, has fundamentally changed and therefore actually a bank strategy going forward can be defined a lot more now about what is the presence on the high street, how many offices do they need. So I think for a finance sector, you're going to be slightly more advanced, whereas there are some other sectors, automotive, airline, where there's still so many unknowns. And therefore, you are in this this sort of almost this hybrid state of we've got to sustain this a little bit longer because as a business, we can't really agree or decide on what that strategy is going to be because we can't predict when we're going to be flying again. So what we're seeing now across right. multiple verticals is is different stages of being able to set out what the new norm may look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it is kind of a it is kind of a, a, a moving target from that point of view. Um, so, in addition to um, you know, custom or companies being impacted differently. Um, are there certain employees that maybe represent a bigger risk when remote working or certain job types that are riskier? Yeah, Kelsey, that's a great question. And it's, it's a tough one because quite often I, I want to make sure that I treat all employees the same. Uh, but actually, when it comes to cyber, we have to recognize mm-hmm. that uh, different employees are going to attract different risk. And that's where uh, we certainly within BT have done it. And we've worked with a number of organizations now is is doing a lot more persona-based activity. What are the roles that are going to be a lot heavier targeted uh, working from home? What are the ones that carry the high risk? And for example, your chief financial officer is going to have an absolutely different profile to perhaps the chief marketing officer. Um, and therefore, recognizing that the security approach that you may have for your chief finance officer will be fundamentally different. And it could be that mm-hmm. you have almost an SD-WAN built into the house so therefore, as a security organization, naturally you'll have some endpoint protection that works on the laptop or on his devices, but it may be that you're now gonna have a further control point on an SD-WAN in the home that says, I can control the policy, I can control how they're now connecting to our network. And it, it starts to build the d- defense in depth that we were afforded the luxury of, of pre, pre-COVID. And I've seen um, most organizations now starting to understand this. And it also comes back to uh, finance, if I'm being honest. You can't afford to roll out the, 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 the sort of the gold treatment to everybody. So therefore, it's mm-hmm. protecting what matters to you. And that may be individuals, it may be assets, but getting a far richer picture um, on the individuals. Um, but it goes beyond uh, um, sort of the... The, just the, the technical aspect. And uh, and certainly I think one of the things that organizations have to be aware of is, is the personal behaviors as well. And we mm-hmm. in BT, we've sort of introduced, and this happened before sort of COVID, but we've really amplified it during COVID, is 
we need to people to turn on their personal risk radar and what we call turning on the human firewall so it's all about the awareness of cyber hygiene now just because you're at home doesn't mean to say that you don't have to lock your laptop just because you're at home doesn't mean to say that you can print endless amounts of paper and leave it lying about. So just because you're at home doesn't mean that actually you can relax your security posture or your risk radar. And I, and I think what we've seen as well is it, without this awareness, someone's personal risk appetite to how they use the internet and they may, they may be quite happy that they're compromised in some ways versus perhaps their business risk appetite, which may be driven by the fact they go into a building and they know that they've gone through security, there may be cameras, that, that puts them on a heightened state of awareness. So this blurring of working from home means that your, your personal risk appetite, your business risk appetite, if they were different, you could shift towards, well, my personal risk appetite is okay for work. It's not. So really, that's that security awareness to your employees and colleagues has been absolutely critical through this time. That's interesting. The human firewall idea. That's the, so yeah, now we're getting into more of like com companies are going to have to, I mean, we've already talked about how they're going to have to change culturally, you know, and, in and, in, in, you know, we've talked about that on the site uh, quite a bit, uh, but this is, this is definitely a cultural change because you're asking people to, um, really be more aware of their uh of their risk profile personally whether they're in the office or not and that's that's definitely something i think most people aren't used to yeah and, and i think it comes back to um sort of what's changed in the last 10 years in in cyber is everyone is aware of it it's now how yeah. do you take it to that next level and i look across bt at 100,000 employees my view is I've got 100,000 strong security force because everyone in BT not only does their mandatory training, but they know that they have to do their part. It's around that engagement, that embracing uh, what good hygiene looks like uh, and therefore looking after one another. And we use some collaboration tools. For example, we use a, a workplace within BT. We want people to share examples of what they've done, what's worked, where they've perhaps had some scares, uh, where they've had some concerns, so that actually use live examples, not mm -hmm. to shock and scare people, but to, it's, it's continually raising the awareness of what might be going on out there. Um, and then really doing some targeted activity around the personas or the high-risk uh, employees that you're going to have, and particularly around sort of finance colleagues, where um, the sort of the, the great the, the great terminology of whaling, where that's been particularly prevalent, fishing as we know has gone through the roof during pandemic. So it's making people aware right. that, sadly, because of the role that they perform, um, they are going to be targeted more heavily than perhaps some of their colleagues. But as but as as you said there, uh, Phil, it's it's a fundamental shift. Yeah, it definitely is. I I um it, it's interesting too. I guess the uh, we'll kind of end on this. Uh, this note, but pu pushing people out into remote areas. I think uh, you brought up collaboration tools. It's, it's, it, that's aided, I think both security, you know, in terms of people, um, you know, calling out, Hey, did you send me this email? Was this really you? That kind of thing. You know, if somebody sends you a link and says, click on this, <laughs> I, th I, th I think, I think in some ways it not only uh, helps maybe flatten the organization a bit, uh, but it also it also could definitely improve security if you're if you're constantly in contact with your colleagues and not 
um, you know, and those fishing attempts become a little bit harder to, to penetrate. Yeah, and I think it, it comes back to fundamental. Whenever I get an email, I'm, I'm always, don't get me wrong, I, as you can imagine in my role, I'm always suspicious and curious and asking the questions, but we'd encourage everybody to read the email, to stop, think, protect, and say, is what I'm being asked to do in this email normal? Is it from a person who I know? If the answer to that is no, or you've got concerns, then that's the time where you report it to your security because actually criminals, they want the urgency, they want the pace because that's where they know mistakes happen. So therefore, we've got the great advantage as humans of just taking that only a, a second to just step back from something, look at it, ask those questions. Yeah, that makes sense. Sounds well, like we all need a don't panic button. <laughs> hey, Kelsey, you're absolutely spot on. Wouldn't it be lovely if we, if we had that, uh, that internal, don't panic, I'm just going to look at this. Uh, I'm going to walk away from my machine, machine, come back and just look at it again. Well, that may work for Kelsey, but I have a, I have a cousin who's a Nigerian prince who, uh, as soon as I as soon as I wire him the funds, he's going to provide one hundred percent security for my family and I. So I, I think I'm good. Hey, I wonder if he's related to the one that I know. So yeah, it could be. <laughs> he's been emailing a lot. Um, all right, Kevin Brown, thanks so much for uh, for joining us today and for being on the Light Reading Podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks, and it's good speaking to you both. That is it. That's our show. Thanks very much to Kevin Brown, Managing Director of BT Security, for his time and insights. Thanks to our producer, Pierre Landrio, for making us sound good or just having any sound at all. Thanks to all of you listening and all of you standing nearby and trying to coolly look disinterested. We see you. Please tell a friend to subscribe, but only if you're both wearing masks and standing at least six feet apart. We will see you next time here on the Light Reading Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Comcast Technology Solutions. Backed by Comcast's 20-plus years in the broadcast and streaming industries, Comcast Technology Solutions provides the technology stack and expert guidance that allows Tier 1 media companies worldwide to manage their content from post-production through delivery.